Charleston. They now can try their slipper and see if it fits at the big ball. These Tennessee State Buccaneers, they're dancing, boys. Hunter Muscato, Perea lays it up. 1.4. Perea hits it. The pass is caught. Ready for the game winner. Wide left. Bucks win. Nothing spotting for three. The place is going to erupt. Oh, Deuce Bellow. He's going to make Sports Center with an incredible. Jarvis Jones, the game winner, got it. Ball game. East Tennessee State's going to leave on another. They got game him. Winning. If he catches it, it's over. Ball game. Touchdown, Jawan Stinson. 25 yards. JJ German for the win. He got it. JJ German and the Bucks have shocked the Bulldogs. And the sidekick. Say hello to my little friend. What's your name, man? I told you. It doesn't matter what your name is. You're handsome. You have the perfect amount of scruff. And you still have no talent. It's Sandos and the sidekick on the Buccaneers Sports Network. It is Saturday Eve. That means it's Friday, the day before. ETSU will be down in Spartanburg, South Carolina to take on the Wofford Terriers in what will be the biggest tilt in Southern Conference this season. And you're going to put the caveat of thus far because if the Bucks win, they have a, I don't want to say a commanding lead because they still got a couple teams and one loss behind them, but certainly puts ETSU in the driver's seat. If Wofford were to beat ETSU, it just mucks up the standings even more with four teams at one loss and the Sanford Bulldogs playing with uh, purpose at this point in time. Jay Sandoz, Mike Gallagher, Sandoz and a sidekick with you. Austin Herrick and the route tree will be up uh, the next couple segments, and then we'll have our favorite uh, part of the show. Old production. I feel really good about mine. Do you? Really We had good. a good week last week. Really good about mine. We had a very good week last week. I think we hit combined on half of ours. Well, and, and we were in all of them. Like yes. there, there wasn't one that was just grossly. Well, no, there was. I predicted that ETSU would outrush it at all. But, I mean, I got I said belief. three touchdown passes. I got some belief. One, we got so belief I, in the box. You know, what I do mean, you want We had one. I mean, yeah. three, one, whatever. I, That's you know, okay. You know, technically they scored on two passing plays. Just one came from the other team that was tipped and, and oh, Robinson okay. scored. So. Now, if there would have been a third and ETSU would have been their second, but quote-unquote third, would you have argued that on the show? Of course of I course would. Why, why would, why would yeah. I not have argued? Yeah. Now, I don't know what Jacob Towns back in the, the studio, and, and uh, he'll join us a little later. We'll see what he would Well, you say. signed the checks for him, so I'm guessing that he may have had some, a bit more leniency than he would with me. It hasn't helped so far because I've, I've sent some you know, time stamp from days before. Quote-unquote uh, time stamp. <laughs> anyway. Hey, let's take a look at the, the matchup between Wofford and ETSU, and I think you have to start with the defensive side of the ball, and I want to – uh, kind of start with with this point first, but Nasir player named to the stats Buck Buchanan uh, watch list that's awarded to the best defensive player regardless of position at all of FCS. Uh, another player in this contest, Miles Brown, big defensive end, very different players. Brown six two two thirty, Nasir clearly taller six five six six about two seventy five. Both of them, I will say this, run well. Brown more of a run stuffer. He can move laterally. I, I say that, and he's got a couple sacks and three and a half tackles for a loss in two games against ETSU. So he can get to the quarterback if need be. Nasir player, long, athletic. Can, I, I just remember the play last year where he ran down Tyree Robinson or Tyree Adams from behind, uh, which was outstanding. But uh, 
finally Nasir starting to make some noise. We had uh, uh, Brian McLaughlin on a little bit earlier this week. He did a nice piece. So ETSU making some national headlines. Yeah, Nasir player this year, 28 tackles, 9 tackles for a loss, 5 sacks, and 10 quarterback hits along with a pass breakup and a pass defense and a couple of forced fumbles. And I think this award, at least in terms of what Nasir has done, is indicative of, and this is good on the FCS stats, uh, people that put this list together, because there's some games where he hasn't necessarily shown up big in the box score this year, like the University of Tennessee, and I think it was two games ago. He didn't, need, he didn't even have a tackle. Yeah, Gardner Webb. Yeah, right? but, but he was he eats up a lot of blockers. He's a disruptive force and opens up guys like Dylan Weigel, Jared Folks, who are leading ETSU in tackles, and this linebacking core that has always, I think, been good for the Bucks and one of their strong points on defense, but really has taken that next step this year with, of course, Weigel, but also Folks coming in and having six sacks himself eight tackles for a loss he creates such havoc in terms of what you have to plan around if you're the defense and he's been doing it for a number of years so maybe an all-inclusive holistic type uh honor honor for him and i think it's fitting that, that we talk about defense because the the strength of both these teams have been defensively you look at the numbers and and i'm not going to go back and because i've been doing it for about four days rehashing the the five common opponents but if you look at socon ranks and in the nation of all of fcs i mean the bucks and Wofford, very similar. Uh, total defense, 12th. That's total yards really given up. Uh, Wofford Terriers, 10th in the nation. The Bucks 18th. The Bucks 9th in the nation for fewest rushing yards given up. And that's where uh, 12th in the nation for Wofford. Now, the difference is the Wofford Terriers have uh, one of the nation's best rushing attacks, to be exact, third in the country in rushing yards, 14th as far as total yards offensively. Slightly different than the Bucks, who have struggled uh, at times offensively. So, uh, you know, will it be ETSU's defense versus strictly Wofford's offense? I think not because the Bucks are going to have to do something offensively against the defense. Maybe something that can turn the tide is turnover margin. Bucks 28th in the nation. They're now uh, obviously in the plus where for the first few games uh, really didn't go their way as far as turnovers went. It took them a while to get over that. Now, Wofford's at the bottom of the league and in the nation with a minus five turnover. And I would say this, uh, Wofford doesn't throw the ball a lot, so it's tough to get sacks. Tough to get yeah. sacks against Citadel, but the Bucks got one sack in the fourth quarter. Jason Madua-Fakwa was able to get that one sack. Still leading the nation with 26 sacks. And, and, well, and, and they're sixth as far as sacks per game. Mm-hmm. And uh, they have a 10-game sack streak. So that will be tested against the Wofford Terriers. But I think we start uh, with kind of those numbers. And and uh, just to throw something else out there, red zone, uh, Wofford very good at a 45% clip converting on third down. And in the red zone, uh, as you would imagine, very good. Now, they've had trouble getting there this year, just 21 attempts in the red zone. And I think that's due, again, just watching a few games uh, as I normally do on, on Thursdays. I watched a couple yesterday. And they turned the ball over just in the plus side of the field. So not necessarily red zone turnovers, but as they cross midfield and they're starting to to gain some momentum, they're turning the football over there. So they're getting 30, 40 yards of offense, getting themselves in, in at least field goal range or somewhere near field goal range for Luke Carter, and then a, a huge turnover, and that's kind of cost them. And that's really where the Bucks have made their haste. So it'll be kind of interesting, you know, if, if Wofford hangs on to the football 
is that going to be difficult for the Bucks to overcome offensively? Yeah, and there's a few things that with Wofford and Citadel, of course, being such similar, uh, I think from a high-level umbrella-type view, very similar offenses. But but there are a few things that differ as well, and specifically in the passing game. We talked a lot last week about how Citadel, yeah, they're not going to throw it very much, but when they do, they can hit you over the top, and they did once against ETSU. They're still first in the conference in pass yards per completion, but with Wofford, that's not the same story. Yeah, they've thrown it 11 more times, but they're actually third to last in the conference in pass yards per completion. So they're not approaching the pass game the same way. They're probably more prolific on the ground and and maybe the most prolific team in the country in terms of running the football. And I don't think there's any defense that's equipped to handle that more than ETSU. But the secondary, I don't think, has to worry as much about that deep ball and getting gashed over the top. It's not something Wofford has done a ton this year. That being said, you do want to stay cognizant of it, right? Because if you don't, then much like early on in the ballgame against Citadel last week, you will get hit over the top for a big game. But uh, Wofford is unquestionably, you know, in this conference right now, the team to beat in terms of history, right? At least recent history and what they've been able to do. And the fact that they, you know, until last week and that loss to Furman, we're really in the conversation for, uh, you know, top three or four team in the country and challenging North Dakota State. I mean, tied with James Madison. And part of where I think this comes in this week with the national scene is that Wofford, if they lose this game, do they start worrying about getting into the playoff at all? I mean, that would be their third loss. Now, one of them was against Wyoming. And that was a 17-14 game. Of course, Wyoming is um, FBS uh, and not having a great season. But regardless, still an FBS team. Uh, then the that loss to normally Furman. doesn't count against you right. as far as that. But you're right, Furman, ETSU. And let's face it, they, Sanford and Wofford could be playing a de facto play-in game at that point. Yeah, and they've got – it's not an easy road the rest of the way. I mean, you got Mercer at home and then at Sanford. Yeah, Western isn't uh, having the year that I'm sure that they would have hoped. And then Presbyterian. So at least the next couple of games, I mean, they would at least put some – pressure on Wofford and I'm sure that Josh Conklin is trying to block out all of that and uh, it I'm sure though does sneak into the mind of some of the players so there is a lot on the line for each of these teams and as you said I mean I mean the game will change most likely as we've talked about with both coaches this week turnovers special teams I look at all the other stats and honestly I don't see one specific one that stands out as something that could change the game. I don't know about yourself, but looking at all the stats and where they uh, match up, it doesn't seem like one team has a distinct advantage in anything over the other team aside from the obvious and Wofford wanting to run the football a ton. The only thing I, I could come up with, uh, and probably because I'm ETSU slanted, is just oh, the, turn, yeah. the turnovers. Yeah. I mean, ETSU is is, is, is 11 different, so yeah. plus 6 to minus 5. Yep. I mean, ETSU is a – you know, 11. Now, if Wofford hangs on to the football and ETSU can't get at least one or two turnovers, then, then certainly or, – or fourth down stops. And I know fourth down stops don't count, but I thought Billy Taylor uh, made made a good point when we were talking with him yesterday. We'll run those sound bites on the pregame show. But I thought he made a good point is, you know, as a staff, they count as a turnover because there's no punt. You know, there's no 40-yard difference with a team kicking the ball. You get it exactly where it is. It doesn't technically count as a turnover. It's turnover on downs, but it's not a turnover as far as interceptions and fumbles. Why and doesn't it count? I don't know. Block That's kicks strange. don't either. Don't, you know, it's very that. odd. You know, but uh, in reality, it is. Uh, yeah. You know, if you hold somebody on fourth down at midfield instead of getting the ball to your 10-yard line, you're getting it at midfield. I mean, it's a huge difference. Uh, you know, and, and, and if you hold them in, in the 20-yard line instead of a field goal or a touchdown, I mean, you stop points. So I don't know why that doesn't count that way, but it but it doesn't. And so you add a couple of fourth down stops for ETSU as well. The Bucks have stopped teams on fourth down 
nine times. Mm. So five of 16. So I, to me, you could add that in there. That, that's really plus 15 yeah. I mean, if you really want right. to look at that. Plus the Bucks have blocked a kick, which again doesn't count. Right. So you could throw another one in there. Now, I, But they've been opportunistic, you know, special teams and on defense, and I think they have to continue to do that in this contest. The one guy uh, I think could, could give them trouble is giving everybody trouble, which is Andrew Stoddard, the very talented fullback. He, he's um, – uh, tw- uh, what Andre started? Uh, yeah, what I say? Yeah. Andrew. Oh yeah, Andre. I'm sorry, Andre started. And and in two years against the Bucks, very good numbers: 34 carries, 151 yards, three touchdowns. Mm-hmm. As we saw, though, Lorenzo Ward was number one in the league in rushing. Barely hung on to that uh, title with rushing yards per game. Started right behind him at 91.3. So that's where everything starts. You have to stop him first, and then you're right. The, and we talked to. Coach Conklin about it, he would like to be just a little more balanced. That doesn't mean they're going to get crazy. And I know they threw the ball 20 times. They were down 20 points. Right. That's the only reason they threw the ball 20 times last so, week. So keep Ferman. that in mind. They were down early, and throughout the game, they still only threw the ball 20 times. I mean, some teams will rack up 50, 60 passing attempts, but they are so set in their ways that they still only threw a 20. Well, and I thought it was shocking last week, right? We did, Didn't we make a joke about how many times Citadel was going to – Throw the football, or maybe yeah. maybe it was me, you, and Matt. Right, yeah. we were talking for the game. How, how, what's the over? And how many times they're going to throw the ball? And and we, you know, I think I said like twelve or thirteen, which everyone was laughing at. Which honestly, I threw it out there as a high number, sort of a yeah. joke. And next thing you know, it was, you know, it was almost twenty times for the Citadel. So right. you know, maybe times are changing a little bit. Maybe they're trying to uh, find different ways, but. Uh, should be a fun one. One thirty kick, twelve o'clock pregame show. We got to step aside for a time. I don't think Austin Herrick's walking in. He's going to talk with you about uh, the route tree for he gets on the bus and heads on to uh, Spartanburg, South Carolina. So we'll talk to Austin Herrick right for this time out. Sanders sidekick. Don't forget to download, subscribe to SoundCloud, iTunes. You every day we'll put it up on Twitter and on Facebook if it's not on Facebook Live. So that'll do it for this segment. Back with the route tree and Austin Herrick right for this time out to hear a word on Sanders and the sidekick. This is the Buccaneer Sports Network. Congrats, you made it! Through National Ice Cream Day, National Hot Dog Day, and even National Sunglasses Day, you took on the heat, took care of the yard, and even took a vacation. But now it's October, and you finally have a chance to breathe. And with that chance to breathe also comes a chance for fun when you play new October Instant Games. Pick up one of four new games for a chance to win $1,000 up to a $1 million. Fall into some fun with new October Instant Games from the Tennessee Lottery. Game-changing fun. Please play responsibly. Wow, am I happy about my new Wow Rate e-checking account at Citizens Bank. I got a huge rate on my deposit and great account features. With that sort of a deal, I'm saving for much-needed bucks tickets to cheer on my team. Learn more about Wow Rate e-checking accounts at CitizensBank24.com. Wow Rate e-checking accounts at CitizensBank24.com. Go Bucks! Bank your own way. Citizens Bank member FDIC. Looking to promote your business but don't know the best avenue? Stand out from the crowd and go big with billboards. We're Allison Outdoor, and we're the new guys in town. Whether it's digital or traditional billboards, our locations span the Tri-Cities. If you're looking for high exposure for a day, a year, or anything in between, we have rates and packages for you. Call Nick Stickley for pricing at 423-360-4809 or allisonoutdoor.com. And go Bucks! Are you having fun at bad time? Mm, you smell fresh as spring. Hey, Frank, is this lettuce ready for the customers? No. No, not yet. Frank, they're perfect. Let go of the cart. No. Frank, now. But I didn't get to say goodbye. Goodbye. 
At Food City, our produce experts are passionate about offering the freshest fruits and vegetables around. We're Food City, and we're very picky about produce. Today and every day, the Johnson City Way. Johnson City Hyundai is proud to support East Tennessee State Athletics. Excellence in education, teamwork and trust, success and understanding. They are the core values that drive the ETSU Athletics program to excellence. ETSU Athletics and Johnson City Honda, a winning combination. The Johnson City Way. Today and every day, Johnson City Honda is committed to bringing the Tri-Cities a truly unique way to buy a new Honda or a certified pre-owned Honda. It's a way of business we like to call the Johnson City Way. When you come to Johnson City Honda, you can have the confidence in knowing you're getting a great deal along with outstanding customer service that will last long after the sale. We invite you to come by today and shop our outstanding selection of vehicles and experience a different way, an easy way, our way, the Johnson City way. Johnson City Honda, proud to support the ETSU Athletics Program. Today and every day, the Johnson City way. Johnson City Honda, Johnson City. Friday, of course, it is the route tree with Austin Herrick. And before we get to the route tree itself, we always go back and talk about Friday or Friday's game. Wow, what <laughs> world am I living in? Friday, college football is played on Friday sometimes. Not, <laughs> sometimes, not generally yeah. at the at the FCS level. And I don't has ETSU ever played a Friday game? Not since you've been here, right? Not since I've been yeah, here. Yeah. Not that I would know from history either. So Saturday's game last week, and look forward to tomorrow's contest as well. And they just keep getting bigger. But let's first, before we talk about Wofford, Austin Herrick, talk about the Citadel game. How did it go for you early? And talk to me specifically about a couple of decisions that Citadel made that I kind of scratched my head about. They went for a fourth down in their own territory. Now going for fourth down, something they do a lot. 16 for 23, I think they were going into the game. After their touchdown on the opening drive, they go for two, don't get it. And then there's also a situation in the second half where you'd stopped them a couple times on fourth down. They're in your territory. They punt it. And that certainly seemed like a signal, at least to those on the outside, that, boy, they, they kind of look a little bit defeated, a little bit worn down here. ETSU's defense has really gotten to them a bit. Did you look at any of those plays and think that one specifically, and we've been talking about this all week, had more of an impact on the belief of the Bucks than the other? Yeah, you know, like you said, that's kind of Citadel's M.O. is to go for it on fourth down. I think that's something they've done quite a bit this year and in years past. But um, when they went for it originally, um, I don't think that was a surprise to any of us. You know, I, I think they believe, you know, if we can't get a yard or two on one play, then uh, we don't really deserve to win. And right. that's kind of – I, I kind of think the same way about football. But um, So, yeah, they, they went for it there. And then um, when they went for two originally – um, they lined up in a really weird formation there, and they must have saw something that they liked. Um, but credit to our special teams and Coach Dave for um, you know preparing for that and getting that stopped. And then uh, when they punted it, I, I was kind of thinking the same thing, like, hey, you know, they must feel like our, our defense is pretty good in short yardage. So, um, you know, as an offense, we need to step up and make some plays and um, in order for us to win the game, and which ended up happening. What was your evaluation of the game offensively for ETSU? 
Yeah, you know, I, I think the first half was really frustrating. I think there are some things we get, couldn't get communicated, um, you know, in terms of, you know, how we were protecting things, things with the receivers and, and things like that. And so I think, though, overall looking at it, I think it was a really good learning experience for us in the sense that, hey, we can, you know, have some miscues in the first half, get that correct, and then go out and play a better second half. Because that's what you have to do when you play good teams like the Citadel and then our opponent coming up this week. So, um, yeah, that was big for us to be able to do that and go execute, you know, in a really, you know, not a hostile environment, but, you know, that, there's a lot of people there. And it's at the Citadel. They had all the cadets there. Right. It was parents weekend. It was a big deal for them. So for us to do that uh, in that kind of atmosphere, um, I think it speaks well to, to where we're at as a team, where we want to go. My thought on it was you got 76 yards or whatever it was in the first half, and it's 9-9. Nine to nine. I, yeah. I mean, that would make me feel like, wow, we can make mistake after mistake or not execute or whatever was not working your way in the first half. And we're still tied in this ball game. I mean, imagine if we go out and start doing things the way that we know how, the way we hope to, as you did, and clearly you saw the results. I got a couple of post game bites for you. Actually, one from post game from yourself, and then one from the Monday press conference. This is you. You may remember this since you were the one that said it right after the game. I talk about that first class a lot because to me, it's a special class. You know, we help bring this thing back and forever be tied to ETSU because of that. And I think all of us have a similar deal where we think, you know, this is how we're going to be remembered. You know, we people are going to, you know, be grateful that we helped bring it back, and that's cool. We don't want to be the team that comes back and they're like, ah, you know, they went 2-9 and nine and 4-7 and seven and things like that. We want to be a team that, you know, those guys were actually pretty good. You know, they went out there and won some ball games, and so you're always remembered in football for what you do in October and November. And so with these last five games and four now, you know, we want to go out there and show people that, you know, we were not only just the people to bring it back, but we were, we were a good football team. So we want to finish strong so we can have a good taste in our mouth and leave ETSU uh, in a better place than we found it. So that's you talking about wanting to leave ETSU in a better place than you found it, talking about the redshirt senior class and not wanting to be remembered as a 2-9, and 4-7 and seven team. Uh, I know it obviously means a lot to you to be able to do that. Talk about what these guys mean to you, because we talk about football so much, and you're one that will kind of cut open a vein about plenty of stuff. So uh, just from your perspective, not only what the football means, but the guys that you're doing it with. Yeah, I I had a coach tell me early on, um, I think in middle school, he said football and sports bring people together. They don't, you know, take them apart. And so that's definitely been true for every team I've ever been on. And, you know, I think with the guys that I've went to college with and played football with, um, these will be friends I have for the rest of my life. Um, You know, Austin Gatewood, Alonzo Francois, those have been my roommates the past four years. Um, Dylan Weigel, um, you know, Pike, all all those guys, you know, I could just name them all. But um, those are people that will be in my wedding. Those are people that – um, you know, we'll, we'll talk every week. You know, it, it's just something that's so special. And I think what's been really cool is, you know, after these big wins that we've had is to go, you know, greet those guys, go hug them and say, man, this is awesome. You know, I'm so excited for both of us, you know, because we know what we put in. We know all the, the struggles we've went through where, you know, everyone was kind of making fun of ETSU football. Like, you know, why did they bring it back? And then for us to have some success that we've had this year, it just means so much more, you know, knowing from what we've came from. So um, what makes it special is not actually winning. It's who you're doing it with. 
I want to clear something up on the bite. And I don't think anyone took it this way, but winning isn't easy. And if it were as easy as we're putting things together this year, we got this belief this year, and we're starting to win some games, well, it's not like you didn't believe in the past years. It's not like you weren't trying in years past. So it's not that simple. What else is going into this this year? Yeah, I think it's a combination of things. Um, I think the first year, um, we thought it was going to be easy. In right. high school, like, you know, we I knew before the season we were going to have at least five wins, you know. In college, <laughs> I remember that first year thinking we may never win a game. Um, and so, obviously, we won some games. But um, I, I think what's changed is that, you know, when we're older, um, and there's just kind of been a – a new sense of, of culture and, and you know differences with this new staff I think kind of the whole um, you know everything changed the mindset of you know when we go in the weight room we're not just going in there to for two hours and leaving you know it's to get better everything's got more of a purpose this year um, and that's one thing I really talked with uh, you know Scott Carter and Coach Sanders when he originally got here was, sure. you know, we've got excellence every day up everywhere around the dome, but are we really achieving that? Are we really pushing ourselves to, to that standard? If we're not, then, you know, it, it's just a facade. It, it's not real. So um, I, I think that's one thing we've done. Um, I, I think our team is, um, you know, built better probably this year than it's ever been just because you know, most people don't know this. This is our first year playing with full scholarship team. You know, we've got um, we've got the same amount of scholarships as all the other schools have. So with that, you know, you're obviously going to be better. And so um, we still have a long way to go. Um, ETSU football will be much better after this year uh, than it is right now. I, I really believe that. Um, but I am glad for for the guys you know who have been here from the beginning that we are getting to experience some success like this. I heard a story that you were down, and the legends, the legends and the tales of Austin Harris are going to grow <laughs> around these halls for many years, but they're already starting. I, I heard one that you were down on the sideline. It was like third quarter of, of one of the games or whatever, and a couple guys were joking around with you about, ah, you know, we're going to have to you know, get in the weight room and get better tomorrow, boys. And they were kind of joking and kind of half in, half out. And you turn around, and you're just like, that's right. We're getting in there. We're working hard to get like, it, I don't know. I'm not, and I'm not painting the greatest picture of it. It was yeah. kind of paraphrased to me, but that there's just not a second, a moment, a, a day where, as you said in a different sound by post game, I, I like that you said you were talking to your uncle a lot lately. Yeah. And he's like, hey, man. Why not just leave it out there? Yeah. And you're like, hey, you know what? Why not? Like, I better make the most of all these moments because, you know, they're winding down quick. But so that story about, you know, being towards the end of a game, and I don't know if it was a Gardner Web game, whatever it was, but just saying, yeah, hey, we're about to win this game. And my mind is, while it's still here in the game, you know, you're on the sideline, you know, kind of thinking about everything that's coming up next and somebody jogs your mind about oh lifting like yeah oh yeah we are lifted like you better, you better not think we're joking we're going in there tomorrow and we're doing it and yeah. so I, that was one of the great stories for me about this year so far of hearing one of kind of the, the behind the scenes things of course i'm down here in studio and media is always you know they're not really on the yeah. sideline and stuff so i really enjoyed that um this soundbite is from tj spagnoletti from monday's press conference and it gave a bit of a window, I think, into how the offenses operated under yourself versus under Logan Marchie. Austin's a great quarterback, both Logan and Sue. Uh, but since Austin's been on the field, it's just been a little different. I think our whole offense in general has really come together. 
the rapport is there, the, the chemistry is there, and we're just all just trying to go out there and do the best we can do, you know, to win the subcon, to win games, and do everything we, we know we can do as a unit. I don't think it's a slight to Logan. Uh, I don't necessarily think he's trying to put you above Logan at all. He said you're a great quarterback. Logan's a great quarterback. But then was careful to note that he just thinks the offense has gelled a bit more since you've been in there. Why do you think that is? Is there a different feel for you? Uh, do, do you see anything that has – obviously you're not in the huddle when Logan is, you know, in the game. But have you felt any kind of different energy? Uh, you know, not really. I, I just know that I've played with these guys quite a bit. Right. Um, you know, I, I think there's a familiarity there. You know, I've, me and you know, Matthew Pike talk about it all the time. This is, uh, you know, this would be our 37th game together. And I, I always kid with his girlfriend that me and him are closer than you know, <laughs> uh, she and him are. Right. So, um, no, I mean, I, I've just played with these guys so much. And I think there, there may be a chemistry deal there that, you know, we've just, you know, just from playing together. So, I don't know. I, I think that, you know, I've been fortunate to – play with this team as the season's gone on and they've gotten better um you know at the beginning of the year everyone was still trying to figure everything out with the offense and we still are to some extent but we're at a much better place now than we were in week three so um I think that's kind of uh, been to my advantage but no I I think that uh, I think what TJ said is uh I, I thought that was pretty good and and like he said you know I, Logan's a great quarterback too and um, I'm still having to work my butt off every single day in practice to make sure I'm the one going out there on Saturdays. How much have you talked about, as we turn our attention to Wofford now, this being the last team in the Southern Conference that you haven't beaten? Because for all those that are watching the program, everything seems to be unfolding a bit like a storybook. And so if you beat Wofford, it's like, wow, these redshirt seniors have gotten the chance to quote-unquote do it all. And there's, of course, more you want to do. I'm sure there's goals that are bigger than that. But just to be able to say that you will have knocked off every single team, has that been a motivator this week? Yeah, I don't know that it's been a motivator. It's definitely been something that some of us guys have talked about. Um, but I, it, it's really, and this is a testament to, to Coach Sanders, it's really a faceless opponent. It's week eight and opportunity eight. Um, and so we really don't spend too much time focusing on them. Yeah, There will be a time, I'm sure at the end of the season, we can look back and be like, man you look at all the great things but right now this is just uh this is you know we're taping this on Thursday so this is Thursday of week eight and we know that today is like a dress rehearsal practice and we want to be you know really tight with everything we do so um that's where our mind is it's not um you know what's happened in the past or what could happen in the future the only thing we can do is have a really good practice today um in order to put ourselves in a good position on Saturday I'm hoping you can either bolster this theory for me or completely dispel it. Would you have rather had Wofford win last week? Um, does it matter? I think it does matter in the long run. I don't know how much it matters this week. Okay. I, I think this each week is different. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so when when we find find that out in the sideline that they got beat by Furman, I think that kind of you know gave us a little bit of energy. Mm. Um, but you know, as the week's gone on, um, I don't know that it, it really mattered because Wofford's still a really good team whether they won or lost last week. See, because I think a lot of people say, well, it gives you some energy. How much energy is it going to give them knowing they're coming off a loss? Terriers, desperate dog, hungry dog, you yeah. know, that kind of thing. So yeah. framing it that way, have 
is that a thing where in locker rooms and coming off a loss, especially if you're you know a program like Wofford, that you feel makes them more dangerous? Yeah, I, I'm sure they're they're upset. I'm sure they want to you know go out and play better this week than last week. But I think we want to do the same thing. You know, you have that's one thing I think we've done a really good job of this year is we've treated winning the same as we would treat losing. You know, what, whatever happens Saturday. Sunday is going to be the exact same um, because we want to be better the next Saturday than we were this past one. So, um, you know, I, I'm sure they'll have some added motivation because they don't want to lose two in a row and it's their homecoming and all that comes along with that. But with that, there's pressure. I know uh, the Gardner-Webb game when it was homecoming, you know, you, you don't you don't get all hyped up into the festivities and all that, but there is some added pressure. You want to play good at homecoming and all those things. So, um, you know, I, I think we're in a great position. I don't know if we're the underdog or not, but I'm sure we probably, are. Probably. Always yeah, happen. Probably, hey, yeah. And so that's a great it, place to right? be yeah. in. You know, what do you have to lose? Kind of like I, I mentioned in the post game. Like, why not just go out there and leave it all out there? Because you'll never get this same opportunity again. Last year, a tremendous amount of success in the air. 264 and two scores. Also more talented backfield this year, though. You don't got to say which you see or which could work better, but do you see on tape, and does this offense believe there are some flaws that can be taken advantage of with Wofford? Yeah, I, I think that with our offense, it's so um, intricate, and there's so many different things that we can do. Um, you know, I... I could see us going out there and throwing it a lot. I could also see us going out there and running it a lot. Or we could be balanced. It, it, it's something that I think is the biggest strength of this offense is there's no one thing that we're, you know, backed into a corner and we have to do. Um, so, you know, I, I think there are some things we can take advantage of. I'm sure Wofford's offense says the same thing about our defense. But, um, you know, I, I think this week will be um, really interesting to see because, Wofford's front three are really good. I know uh, number 90, I forget his name, I think Miles something, but probably one of the best players I've ever played against in the Southern yeah. Conference. He's a really good player, um, and it's been fun to play against him the past few years. And then, you know, they're, they're really, um, really old in the secondary. Those guys have played a lot of football. And so, you know, Wofford has always had a really disciplined defense. So, um, you know, we're going to have to be – on our P's and Q's and be really disciplined um, to have success against them. And, and that's something we need to do, and um, I think we're excited about that challenge. Is that what makes them the most difficult, just the discipline? Because there's teams out there that will be physical, right? There's teams out there with experience, but they seem to stand alone in some categories. Yeah, I think it's a, you know, a mixture of all three, like being talented, they're physical, and they're disciplined. That's that's what makes them good. You know, the Citadel is a very disciplined team, and they're very tough, um, and, and they're talented. But Wofford, I, I think, does that at such a high level, and that's why each and every year you see them at the top of the conference. Ben Parrish reminded us on Twitter that Ohio State won seven games in 2002 by a touchdown or less, including the national title game. He said he thought the previous six helped them prepare for and succeed in the seventh. Others think... You're tempting fate with so many close wins. Just to give you some perspective, three-point games, now four of them, where you've won all four. This program, since it was founded 1920, so almost 100 years ago, has never in a full season won four games by three points or less. Where do you lie on that winning close games prepares us for more winning of close games versus, boy, are we really going to the well a lot? 
Yeah, yeah. Obviously, you'd like to win every game by 35 <laughs> right. or whatever, and you know, be hanging out in the second half and you know, worrying about the next opponent. But get ready to uh, lift on Sunday. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I think that's. I think it's good. I, I think it shows us that you know we are doing things right. We're able to finish off games, and and that's a that's a good marker of a winning team and, and a team that's learning how to win and getting better. Um, another thing is that. You know, I think last year we had some close games that didn't go our way. And for whatever reason, from my experience in football, it kind of swings one way or the other. Some years you get the ball bouncing your way and you end up winning those close games. And then the next year, for whatever reason, it doesn't. Um, and I kind of felt like that after last season. We had such, you know, I don't want to say bad luck, but just misfortune towards the end of games where when we played Wofford last year, I hand the ball off to Jawan, he slips, and you know, that's the most frustrating loss of your career, or one of them at least. Oh, definitely. Um, it, it's tough to watch that film again because you know what a great win that could have been and changed the whole narrative around that season, and then you know it's all for nothing. You know, so um, yeah, things like that that went against us last year, <clears throat> and after the season, I was thinking it's got to go the other way. It, right. it just can't continue to do that. So I think that you know maybe luck's in our favor some way, but. Um, yeah, as long as you win, it really doesn't matter because at the end of the season, they don't look back at, wow, that was a close game. It just looks like six wins and one loss. So, You're a level-headed guy. But are there more nerves coming into this week? Like, I, I know the, the company stock answer is we're just worried about controlling what we can control, but this is, for the last 20 or so years, the biggest game ETSU football's played. Yeah, yeah, I feel like it's been that way the past couple weeks. I think the Chattanooga game was a huge game. Yeah, I remember think I was talking with my roommate saying, you know, if this were the SEC college game day, would be here. It'd be the you know you have Kirk and all those guys there, but right. uh, we we had Jay and you and all those guys. So there we go. <laughs> it's not um, quite the same, is it? <laughs> <laughs> but but no, uh, I I think this is a big game. I mean, but you know, I, we've been here before. That's the thing, you know. I, I played Wofford three times. I've played at their place. Does we, it make we, it different because they are Wofford, quote unquote, that mythical figure that's at the top of the league? Yeah, I don't. I don't think we think of them that way. Um, I I think that it's just kind of you know, they're a really good team. Um, you know, if we win the game, we're gonna go back to work on Sunday and we'll get ready for opponent nine. If we lose the game, the same thing will happen. So I think we've got a good plan. I'm excited to see. Um, you know what Coach Sanders calls because I think that's one of our biggest assets, as I've said before. But, uh, yeah, I, I think we're all taking the same approach into this game as, as we've taken into every game because, you know, each game is a big game because if you lose, it stinks. So, Is it close one way or another on Saturday? Yo, yeah, I think it'll be a close game. Austin Herrick on segment one of the route tree, and we're going to be back to talk route tree itself. That's uh, going back to Citadel and looking forward to Wofford tomorrow, about 24 hours till game time from when you're listening to this. And the buzz can be felt. Uh, even if Austin Herrick's approaching it as another game, I know fans are looking at this saying, this is as big as it gets. So very exciting. We'll be right back with Austin Herrick on Santos and the Sidekick. This is the Buccaneer Sports Network. Ballot Health is an integrated healthcare system built to meet the local needs in Northeast Tennessee and Southwest Virginia. Together with community, we are transforming our region. We're making communities healthier. We're expanding access to critical services in rural areas. And we're investing in health research and medical education. It's your story. 
were listening. Ballot Health is proud to be the official health care provider of ETSU Athletics. Go Bucks! The Carnegie Hotel is Johnson City's only AAA four-diamond property that is unique, tranquil, and brimming with character, just adjacent to East Tennessee State University. When it's time to dine, Wellington's restaurant in the Carnegie Hotel is the place to be, serving breakfast, lunch, and dinner in grand style. And why not come indulge yourself at Austin Springs Spa, located right inside the Carnegie Hotel. East Tennessee's premier full-service spa provides everything you need to rejuvenate, revive, and renew. The Carnegie Hotel, 1216 State of Franklin Road in Johnson City. Wendy's has an all-new... You had me at Wendy's. Good, because Wendy's has a new bacon cheeseburger, and it's called... You had me at bacon. Well, what if I told you Wendy's kept going and added a smoky, tangy sauce, and it's called the Sawsome Bacon... You had me at Sawsome. It's called the Sawsome Bacon Classic. Sawsome Bacon Classic? Sounds amazing. Why didn't you just say that from the start? Also, if you download the Wendy's app, you'll get special offers like $2 off any combo. Huh, well, now you have me downloading the Wendy's app. At participating Wendy's for a limited time. Mulligan Hardwood Flooring is a beautiful addition to any room. Enjoy the luxury of hardwood flooring in your home with Mulligan's pre-finished, sold, or engineered, ready-to-install selection of beautiful hardwood flooring and a wide variety of domestic and exotic species. Please visit the following Johnson City locations to learn more. Dockery's Floor Covering, House of Paneling, Carpet and Door Mart, and K&M Flooring. Kingsport locations include Dalton Direct Carpets, Custom Floors by Carlin, El Providence Flooring and Paint. Visit the Smile Floor Service in Bristol. Trust the clear leader in quality hardwood flooring, Mulligan Flooring. Bucks fans and football fans across the country can now design their dream home during pregame or halftime. The new My Designs app by General Shale lets you create custom projects right from your phone or tablet. Choose from 10 home and building structures designed with over 50 popular brick and stone colors. You can even share your designs with friends. Download the My Designs app by General Shale on the App Store or visit MyDesignsApp.com to design your dream project today. General Shale, a proud supporter of ETSU Athletics. New coach, new era, new day. Hear from ETSU football headman Randy Sanders all fall on the ETSU Coaches Show now on Wednesday nights. If you're scared by all the change, don't be. Voice of the Bucks, Jay Sando, still host from Wild Wing Cafe, and it's still a 6 o'clock start now every Wednesday throughout the football season. Morristown native and new ETSU football head coach Randy Sanders on the ETSU Coaches Show right here on WXSM AM 640. The Extreme Sports Monster. Segment three, Sandos and the sidekick on a Friday. Austin Herrick, ETSU quarterback, joining us, and we have yet another route tree scenario for him. If you're just joining us and new to the show, new to the segment, what we do for Austin Herrick, since he is a quarterback, diagnoses route trees, decides where to go with the ball on the field, and in his professional career will be either in sports administration or coaching, and he's going to have to choose a lot of routes in that aspect as well. We've decided to give him, I guess, a, a prep course for his well I don't know if I call it a course I, I'm not sure there's much that's uh, academic about this whole process but uh, a prep course I'm going to continue to call it for his professional career and let him put some of his work on the field to use on the microphone so Austin how we always start out this segment and you've completely changed the course of history over the last <laughs> six or seven weeks with all of the things that we've had you decide between and we're still working on drawing up that list I kept track for about three or so weeks then my mind started to kind of lose a few of the scenarios because we were, get, I think, maybe a little bit overcomplicated. But the route you choose will read on air. And then the other route, because there's two different ways that you can go, 
and for some there were three and again it got, just got a got jumbled we're going to put the route that you don't choose aside and later in the year either as the last time you're on the show or or if um we don't have the chance to have you on one more time after the season's over however the case may be we're going to go back and revisit lost branches of the route tree uh, and look at the scenarios that you didn't choose but how we always start this is with a couple of questions and we have two of them for you today that will determine what route you take first question has going to the nfl always been a dream of yours yeah. Mm-hmm. Every football player that plays yeah. college football, right? Pretty, exactly. Pretty academic. If you had the chance to make $50 million, but you had to sacrifice one of the best years of your life, would you do it? Ooh. Tougher. This is, <laughs> this is a question. I ask stuff like this all the time in the locker room. Like the, you know, what would you do for how much right, money? So, right, right. Uh, you know what I'd probably say? I could – with fifty million, I could you know make that year up. So <laughs> I'll take the fifty million. You yeah. could you could create a pretty good year, couldn't yeah. you? Yeah. You've chosen your out, Austin Harris. Okay. Go ahead and take that. Alrighty. Oh, okay. Yep. I, Jake Locker, would like to thank the Washington Huskies for being so atrocious for so long and making this decision an easy one, despite having one year still to go in terms of my degree and eligibility. I'm getting as far away as Seattle as possible and making sure. My ultra-fragile body doesn't have any more chance of getting destroyed behind this poor excuse for protection that this offensive line is being masqueraded as. Steve Sarkeesian is drunk all the time. Uh, How does no one else notice this? The other day, he ripped a shot in front of us in the locker room and challenged Mason Foster to a wrestling match. This place is bananas. I'm going to get rich and forget about this dumpster fire. (laughs) (laughs) You're terrible, Austin Eric. Oh, I'm just kidding. Uh, despite what you're thinking, this is not a Jake Locker reclamation project route treat. Nothing changes for Jake Locker or for the St. Louis Rams, who would draft him at number one of the 2010 draft. Give him $50 million instead of Sam Bradford. Remember, that was the year before they went to the restructured salary yep. cap, and rookies were still getting paid. Like more unbel- than the veterans. Oh, yeah, yeah, unbelievable amounts of money. So Bradford doesn't get the $50 million. Jake Locker does. And much like Bradford, Locker would not be able to stay on the field because of just what you heard, his fragile body, only to be on the verge of okay, really, Jake Locker, when yeah. he was on the field, and eventually pack his things and leave the NFL after four years, much like he did for the Tennessee Titans. I'm sure fans in this area know all too much about that. Who the story does change for is Sam Bradford, who instead of going to the Rams at number one, would slip all the way to number 25 in the 2010 draft, where the next quarterback was taken. That man, in reality, of course, being the previous subject of the route tree, the great Tim Tebow, and the Broncos would draft Bradford instead of Tebow, and with the league's re- leading receiver on the outside and Brandon Lloyd and a budding star in Demarius Thomas to compliment him. No pressure to start right away with Kyle Orton firmly cemented as the top QB in Denver. An emerging running game with two 1,000-yard rushers over the next three years and an offensive line that would give up 20 less sacks than St. Louis did over the next three years. Bradford would stay healthy and show the form that made him a star at Oklahoma, efficient and effective in setting a ton of completion percentage records earlier in his career than he eventually did with the Vikings just a couple of years ago. Peyton Manning would never go to Denver. It all, all comes around to Peyton Manning again. Yeah. I'm not sure why that sure. is. Instead, retiring early to focus on venturing into the pizza field from the playing field and also teaming with Kobe Bryant on ESPN-related ventures. As for the Titans, they would draft Blaine Gabbert the next year and still get shafted. So nothing changes for the Titans, unfortunately. Yeah. Now, we, I caught some flag. Not we. You, you have nothing to do with making up these scenarios. You're, you're just the 
you're the vehicle to deliver them. And so I don't want anyone to give you any gruff about these scenarios because you're at the mercy of how I create them. But we did get some gruff about the route tree a couple of weeks ago because of the perceived slights that we were giving to Peyton Manning. No, I, I'm a bit. I actually met Peyton Manning a few times. Okay. He worked out at the same place I work out at back home, uh, D1 Chattanooga. Yeah. And uh, no, I. I've always admired Peyton and so, Manning. And so have I. Yeah. And so the, the point is is that these scenarios, I hope, are outlandish enough for people to understand that we do not truly believe that Dante Culpepper would have been better than Peyton Manning in Indianapolis. And we don't think that instead of going to Denver, he would have retired and just been a full-time pizza franchisee. Yeah. Like, I think you and me both understand that. Yeah, no no question. Yeah. So, so we'll get to the scenario that you didn't choose uh, later on in Lost Branches of the Route Tree, but you send Jake Locker out of Washington early Steve Sarkeesian, totally drunk, chases Locker away. There's a great Sports Illustrated article about Jake Locker that I think came out about two months ago. Yeah. Did, I, did you read it? Yeah, it he was on a brilliant. podcast, too, about okay. it. Yeah, it. How he just, what happened after he retired and you know why he did it and all that. I really enjoyed, and I'm not particularly huge into religion and teach yeah. their own, you know, just not really how I grew up, you know, whatever. But mm -hmm. uh, he talked a lot about being around the game and just kind of falling out of love with it. And he was drinking kind of to cover yeah. up some of the demons that he was facing. And, of course, a demon in itself is yeah. alcohol if, if consumed in um, certain ways. Uh, and so he was struggling with that. And then Matt Hasselbeck came in. Yep. And Hasselbeck really changed a lot of his life and started to help him look at some different ways to cope, and he found God, and now he's a big family man. Yep. The Sports Illustrated article, the writer went to his house for a Sunday. He said, he's like, I'm not sure if I really want to do this. Like, yeah. if you if you really want to see what my life's about and, and you're ready for to write this article, I'll agree to if you come, my, come to my house on a Sunday yeah. and just watch some football, have some lunch. And yeah. he, he painted a great picture, so... Uh, Jake Locker, it sounds like it is for the better. Unfortunately, things didn't work out for him in the league. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I remember him going to the Titans, and he had a great like introductory press conference and all that. We were all excited, but it uh, seems like it's worked out for him in his personal life, well, so that's good. And part of that is, so this whole scenario really comes about because in his junior year, he was projected as like the number, number one, one guy. Yeah. And then he came back and all the questions about his accuracy and all that. And yeah. um, I'm a Nebraska fan, so they played them in the Holiday Bowl his last game. And yeah. he got beat up pretty good that game with the Dom Kinsu and all those guys. And so um, you you wonder if if some of those things played into how his career turned out. That's exactly right. I, he was behind so many bad offensive lines on so many bad teams, really. Yeah. I, not to disparage the Titans, but – we can be honest. I mean, they haven't been a top-tier NFL team seemingly since 2001 or yeah. one yard short, you know, so that's been tough. How is uh, – I want to ask this before we get going, and we've kept you long enough certainly, but uh, how is your body? How is your health right now? I mean, if you're on the sideline getting ready to lift the next Sunday, I'm sure you're doing all right, but yeah. we're talking seven weeks in now, no bye week, um, a lot being demanded of you by Coach Sanders and this new – you know, regime that's in here, and I talked to some of the players in the press conference about it Monday as well, and the answers kind of differed. Some said, yeah, you know, there's some makes and pains. Others were like, hey, you know, this is a tougher year just because the bye week doesn't come until week 10. So how are you feeling? Yeah, personally, I'm feeling well. I think, you know, the four weeks at the beginning of the year where, you know, I wasn't starting, I, I looked at it as extended off season. I, I truly believed at some point my number would be called and I'd have to go out there and help the team, and whether I, was, I stayed in that role or not, it – you know, I, I didn't know, but I really did believe that. And so I took those first four weeks and treated it like the off season. 
um, in terms of how I took care of my body. Mm. So I was lifting, I was running, I was doing all the things that you would do as if it were July. Um, so I think that's really helped me. I feel fresh. I feel um, I feel good. And, um, you know, I, I think a lot of the guys, you know, it's getting to the point where the bye week's coming up so you can look at that week as, man, you know, I get to, you know, recuperate a right. little bit. But I think overall as a team, you know, we're pretty healthy, which is I think that – uh, says a lot about you know our program and what all we do so um, yeah I, I think as a whole um, you know for it being week eight and us playing eight straight weeks with you know camp right before that I think we're pretty healthy knock on wood obviously of course Austin Herrick you have made Sam Bradford a star in the route tree yet another in the long line of history making decisions that you have made thanks so much for joining us again thank you good luck on Saturday we appreciate it appreciate Austin Herrick ETSU quarterback on the route tree here on Santos and the sidekick we are back with bold predictions after this break on the Buccaneer Sports Network let Ferguson's knowledgeable product experts kick off your next kitchen or bath project with the latest in touch and hands-free faucets high-performance gas ranges, or low-decibel dishwashers. They're really quiet. Request your appointment today at fergusonshowrooms.com. The best decision ever. Visit your local Ferguson showroom at 1000 Quality Circle in Johnson City and choose from an extensive lighting collection of the most sought-after brands. Find the one-of-a-kind fit for your home at Ferguson. Purchasing a new home, remodeling your home, First Bank and Trust makes applying for a loan easy. Our online application process is designed to allow you to stop anytime and pick up where you left off when it works for you. And after you submit an online application, you can check your loan status anytime. Visit or call me, Rose Fulton, today for help with your purchase, refinance, construction, or home loan. We're there for all your mortgage needs because we're your bank for life. Equal housing lender, member FDIC. This is the Pepsi that your father drank and your grandfather drank. When I was your age, we were... This is the Pepsi that your Uncle Ted drank when rock sounded like this. This is the Pepsi for American pastimes. Whether you're tailgating at a speedway or courtside watching your favorite player make a breakaway... He scores! This is the Pepsi for those who are forever fun. This is the Pepsi for every generation. Known for its personalized service and friendliness, the environment at the Johnson City Country Club is comfortable, casual, and inviting. One of the greatest assets is the beautiful clubhouse. From the sweeping verandas, the fireplace in the massive ballroom, to our intimate private dining rooms to our 19th hole, the clubhouse accommodates all desires. For decades, the Johnson City Country Club has been host to numerous wedding receptions, business meetings, golf outings, and an array of social functions. The setting is ideal for any event in any season. Whether your function is large or small, your guests will enjoy a fine dining experience with professional, courteous attention. The Johnson City Country Club, a tradition since 19. No one knows better than the Bucks what it takes to compete on the college level. No one knows better than Bullseye what it takes to compete in the business market. At Bullseye, we provide innovative products and services to help our customers meet their business objectives, and you can count on us for graphic design, printing, mailing services, and much more. Bullseye, a preferred partner of the ETSU Athletic Department. Call Bullseye in Johnson City at 423-283-7772 or visit us on Hanover Road near Cheddar's. Bullseye. For all your printing needs. There is no way LeBron James leaves Cleveland again. I agree with Jarvis Landry. I think the Browns are a Super Bowl contender this year. How in the world can you not see that Big Baller Brand is far superior to making the NBA than Puma? Now, rumors fly a lot. Jason Witten is not going to Monday Night Football. 
I mean, the Mike Ayers rumor that he's leaving, no way. I bet he's there until 2025. Terrell Owens has made a career off jawing, running his mouth. Will he be in Chattanooga for his Hall of Fame induction? No chance. He'll be in Canada. Bold prediction. Do you think, uh, you know we have a tie to Terrell Owens on the show, right? Have I told you the story? Do we? Yeah. Uh, Robert Harper, his wife, was Terrell Owens' sister's roommate at uh, Chattanooga. <laughs> Throw that out there. So maybe maybe we can talk to him about Mystery that on the show. Mystery guest. There guess. we go. The sister, if you will. Robert Harper, it is time to start pulling your weight around the Buccaneer Sports Network. You've missed like half the games. You've done nothing for us this year. Basically, what I'm saying is, if you get Terrell Owens for mystery guest, all is forgiven. Jacob, it's quick done. question. <laughs> quick question for you, brother. Okay. If uh, and you and you heard it, and you heard it earlier in the first segment, and it was a while ago. You probably slept through the others, but uh, I don't blame him. If <laughs> Austin Herrick would have thrown a second touchdown pass, and Robinson would have scored on a pass, would you give me credit for three? I would have. I would have. I would have not immediately. Mm. I would have sent it to the appeal process, and I'm still waiting on Angry Man yeah, and no, Crazy how Coach. How is that appeal process? Crazy Coach seems more obsessed with Angry Man than he does about the appeal process. Every week, it ends up with a discussion about how Angry Man is psychologically really just down the river. Like there's no coming back for him. Well, I don't disagree, but well, he did I take either, a shot at me about Aaron Rodgers on. Well, uh, Tuesday, everyone's so. taking shots at you over the last week. Do you have? Do you want to air any grievances before we get? Well, I just want to thank you all for letting me talk this time. <laughs> that's See, fair. A guy that's that appreciates fair. us. Yeah, no, that's and, and fair. We appreciate that, Jacob. Yeah. And, and we even gave you a chance to, to rip us, and you didn't. That's a, that's a loyal producer right there. Yeah. Also, uh, do I get docked at all in bold predictions for not remembering since you were not there for the Austin Herrick route tree segment that we played VMI on Friday? First segment, me and Austin are beside ourselves saying, yeah, I mean, we haven't played a Friday game in like forever. ETSU's never played a Friday game. It was like a month ago we played a Friday, Friday yeah, game. Yeah, I don't know what. Now, I guess special circumstances. I'll give you that. It wasn't a scheduled Friday game due to a hurricane and had to get moved. I got Randy Sanders. Still, I can't at, believe you forgot. I got Randy about Sanders that. coaching at Miami. I got. I mean, it was two thirty. It was two thirty on a Friday. Uh, yeah. Okay. I don't know. All right, Jacob. Uh, I'm winning, right? Uh, you are not. Uh, hey, Mike has the lead at seven and seventeen. Oh, yeah. Batting two ninety two, Mike. Pretty and good, uh, Jay, you're number. now five and nineteen. Batting two oh eight. Two oh eight. I was two twelve. I thought. All right. You're above the Mendoza line now, though. <clears throat> okay. Well, that's most important. What do you think, Jay Sandoz? Want to lead us off? I get to choose again. Deferring's working great for me. I, I don't know. Did uh... I defer? I had two uh, two wins last week. You had two wins last yeah. week. What am he I did. down two now? You're down two. Yeah, you're down by oh. two. I got to start. Let me run through the scoreboard again. Mike, you're at seven <laughs> and seventeen. <laughs> Jay, you're at five and nineteen. That's fair. That's fair. Oh, so we got to go with ETSU. Well, we usually do an ETSU yes. prediction first. Um, Gosh, I only got one that, ETSU prediction. This well, week. and and to be honest with you, I've I've struggled to come up with something that would. I guess qualify as bold. Uh, but you want me to go first? Yes. So Wofford has scored 25 touchdowns this year. That's tied for second best in the Southern Conference. ETSU scored 20. Remember, ETSU, though, has 11 field goals. Wofford only has two. This may not be the boldest prediction I've ever made, but remember I went way over the top with boldness last week in the ETSU bold prediction and got burned. So I'm reeling it in a bit. I think ETSU scores more touchdowns than Wofford, and that would likely mean that ETSU is victorious because of the struggles of Luke Carter and the fantasticness of J.J. German in the kicking game. Unless Luke Carter has like a, I don't know, like eight field goal game and really bounces back and shows why he was first team 
All-Southern Conference last year at the kicker position. But ETSU scores more touchdowns than Wofford, even though they are currently sixth in the league in touchdowns. Wofford tied for second. I'm going to go special teams. Ah. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to and or you here, but just hear me out. Uh, the Bucks will either block a kick or a punt or they will score on a special teams play. Wow. How about that for bold? Block a kick or a punt or score. Not that both. Is Not both. It'd be, or. It's one of those right, three. Right. I th- you know, I would usually get all in a tizzy about that, but but I think that's fair because of the bold aspect of each of those three things happening. Okay. Right. Uh, I, I can go next. Okay, sure. Go ahead. Okay. So my Southern Conference one. This is one I've been sitting on. Actually, you know what? I'm going to save that one because it's so okay. good. It's so good. Okay. I'm going to save that one. I'm going to go SEC, and, and it's, it's going to be two-part, and both of these will happen, okay? Both of these have to happen. Number one, Vanderbilt is going to go to Lexington and beat Kentucky, and Derek Mason at some point in time in the game is either going to yell <laughs> at somebody or post-game challenge him to meet him at yes. midfield. Boom. That's yes. what I'm going. Derek Mason – in a win, still loses his mind. Now, that has to be a yelling and pushing a Kentucky employee, right, or player, not a Vanderbilt employee. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Or, okay. yeah, yeah. Or, okay. or the old hold me back. He's yeah. trying to get the referee. Yeah. I got or something, you. Right? I, got I mean, it could be it could be ill will towards a ref, uh, okay. or or a, or an opposing player. But physical yes. contact or like scream, you know, no, over the top. I, you know, I, you know, the old hold me back. You know, yeah. he's yelling or yeah. somebody in between. Hold me back when I'm 25 yards right. away. Gotcha. Right. No, 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 I'm not a man until somebody gets in between me, and now I've got the more courage right. to go at him. That type yeah. deal. Now, now, most most best. minor league or, or most uh, baseball fights, right? That's sure, sure. I need a clarification. So if one of those things happens, but the other doesn't. Is that a half point? No, no, no. I, I heard an and. I heard an and. Oh, wow. So both yeah. have to happen. Yeah. Because okay. le- his first well, prediction. you got an or on the first his one. His first so prediction was an or. Okay. This one's That's an fair. and. Wow. That, oh, That's making up for the or. Wow. Yeah. This yeah. is uh, this is very bold for me this week. Uh, I'm going pretty basic with my second one. Of Michigan State beats Michigan. Uh, because You know, I was going to do that, but I knew you would, so I didn't have to. <laughs> yeah, thank you. I just refuse to believe the Wolverines are this good. I'm sorry. You're ready, There's you're, just no way. You're, you're ready for the third yeah, one? Yeah. Southern Conference. Okay. The streak is over. Really? Citadel wow. loses wow. at home in the Battle of the uh, – what do they call it? Battle of the South? I can't remember. It has a, it has a title. They have a battle of – VMI is getting off the schnod. Citadel, a hangover of ETSU, a hangover for the season. VMI is going to chunk it around, and I'm going upset at home in the big battle. How do you like those apples? I love those apples. Uh, They lost 73-22 to last week. Ready to go. It doesn't matter. You think there's there's a bounce back coming. They gave up 73 points. Yeah, they're fine. Oh, my goodness. Uh, I love that prediction. How many is it now? Is it 24, 25 in a row they've lost overall, VMI? Uh, well, it's what, right around it was there, gonna right? Be tw- uh, it was 19 when they played ETSU, was it not? Uh, so we were their I 20th? thought it was more than that. I don't know. It, it might be. But regardless, they haven't won a game in like two and a half years. 23-24. Oh, man. I, you know, I think there may even be some special consideration there if that happens. For like double points or something, because that's just that is extremely bold. You no are double taking points. No, no double, double points. points. No double I points. have I have embraced bold predictions. He's this taking week. bold predictions to another level this week, Jake. I'm not, I think I'm there not, has to listen, be. Listen, I'm not fun. doing the old. Let's just find an underdog by a touchdown and go with it. I'm going. I think that's probably what Michigan State was. Aren't they, aren't they like probably a touchdown underdog since they're at home? Well, that's why I think LSU yeah. and they were. Uh, they were like okay. five. Yeah, six and a hook. 
Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. Uh, okay. My final one. Um, Clemson is going to beat North Carolina State by at least double what they're favored by. I think it's right now 17 and a half, and they're going to beat them by like five, six, seven touchdowns. So 35 or more, Clemson beats Damn. NC State by. Definitely not a believer in that. 35. So at least five, five touchdowns. Five scores. Five. NC State's played no one. They're never good at football. Philip Rivers isn't walking through that door. And even if he did, they really weren't. Russell Wilson. No, they weren't. They it's really like, weren't that good either. It's like when no. uh, it's Tom like O'Brien, the route tree, when Jake Locker was ever with Washington, they were never that good. Mm. Yeah. That's a good point. We just heard about that. Tyrone Willingham. Take a shot. That is definitely it. all I have. Tyrone Willingham. Wow, I do love you some Ty Willingham. Remember when he was a Notre Dame? They had some decent teams. Who was their quarterback on those Notre Dame teams? Do you remember? That was For before Willingham? Jimmy Clausen. Yeah, yeah, before, yeah, before well Brady before, Quinn. Well before Jimmy Clausen. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I have to think about it. We'll have to sit on that one until next week. Yeah. Go ahead and hit the close, yeah. Jake. That's all we have. We've got nothing left. All that boldness has sapped Sandos of his energy. I hope you can make it to and from Wofford in the condition you are. <laughs> My goodness. Yet another injury. Yeah. Playing through it. They, I don't get credit as a broadcaster. I gave you, hold on. I gave you credit when you didn't have a voice at all oh, yeah, a couple correct. games ago. That really wasn't an injury, though. I was playing through playing through the pain. Kind of an injury. Uh, yeah. It is. All, all right. What do, we got? what do we got Monday? We got uh, how we did on bold predictions. Yep. Uh, we have... If I just hit one of mine, I'm going to do Jeff and Jacks. Yeah, I'll be honest with you. Absolutely. We'll have either Matt Wills or Robert Harper, someone to break down the game. Pros vs. Jays, another installment. I've already got everything picked oh out for that. God. Maybe even the debut of Jano's The English Language. Maybe. It's coming close. It is. All right, that'll do it. This week's editions of Santos and Sidekick back with you Monday as we recap ETSU and the Wofford Terriers. This is the Buccaneer Sports Network.